Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports, and you can find the podcast online at shulabowlpod.podbean.com. I'm joined on the line by FAU recruiting insider for the FAU Owls Nest, Shane Marinelli. We're going to get right to it because yesterday, July 13th, was, you know, by my account, I mean, I I know I might not be the most well-versed FAU uh, historian out there, but I think Shane can make up for it in in that sense. It might be one of the biggest days in the history of FAU uh, football, or at least has the potential to be. When you start off in the morning, you get the announcement from Achilles Kiki Leroy that he is back. Or, or, or uh, yeah, I believe he announced it on Twitter. Um, I know, um, uh, let's give credit to Kevin Felder, who um, was searching the rosters at 3 a.m. and noticed that Kiki's name was back on there. And then you follow that up with the highest rated quarterback recruit in the history of, uh, of once again, to my knowledge, uh, FAU and the highest rated QB recruit to sign in Conference USA in almost nine years since Anthony Alford in 2012. That is should Mr. Shador Sanders, the son of NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. What I'd like to do really quick before uh, I let Shane go ahead and just take it away is I'd like to play the moment for FAU fans. This is, you know, what was it, uh, Shane, 10 years ago that the decision, 10, 11 years ago that the decision, the original decision that rocked South Florida. Um, the, you know, that, uh, go ahead, Shane. The, what was it? I, I, you know, the thing is, I, the, the, and I, even as a Heat fan and I, Heat fans are listening to this, but the one thing I'll always take away from the 10-year anniversary of the decision, especially in the recruiting world, is uh, LeBron James changed the verbiage of how people announce uh, their commitments uh, over Twitter or announce. I mean, how many kids across the country in the last 10 years have uttered the words, taking my talents? <laughs> you think about that, right? I mean, that it became, you know, when you and I were growing up, uh, when athletes have that type of thing, it's this is a little different, but you know, Randy Moss became a verb. Sure. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Moss became a verb, and you know, I think of LeBron James with that announcement. Beyond what he did locally for the Heat, is, I mean, I'm guessing thousands of commits across all sports have used have uttered the phrase taking my talent not all of them but in the last 10 years and that's kind of what i get the most out of that the announcer or the decision uh, absolutely so i'm going to play the moment that sent shane marinelli into uh, a complete you know writing frenzy getting the details and once again you know please read shane's story i put one out as well but shane's story is going to have much more details than mine mine was a breaking news story so you can find his story uh on the shulable pod twitter and at fau owls nest uh, it's also the moment that sent jack Whitten somewhere in an undisclosed location in wesley chapel into a fist pumping frenzy uh let's go ahead and play the moment right here That was it. You heard Mr. Shador Sanders, and the second voice you heard was uh, Coach Willie Taggart with the Go Owls. Shane, uh, you are the FAU recruiting insider. Matter, matter of fact, I think you're really a South Florida recruiting a- a expert at this point. Let's you take um, it away. <laughs> There's a few people down here probably way more versed <laughs> than I am, but I'm trying to catch up. I got Larry Bluestein and Andrew Ivan ha- Ivan have about decades on me, so <laughs> um, they're the goats, but. Uh, yeah, I, I do also want to give it out a shout out to uh, Cameron Stillman, 
a safety who is a teammate with Shador Sanders, who committed as well, kind of in the frenzy, announced a few minutes later, he'll be joining uh, Shador, you know, uh, on the, on this venture to FAU from Powerhouse Trinity Christian out there in Cedar Hill, Texas. And, you know, yesterday was probably the longest day of my life. You, it, there wasn't a whole lot of work and yeah, I've had way more details and quotes and stuff and stories, but this is one of those traditional, um, nobody knows. And, you know, I was confident in my sources and granted there was a lot of, in the middle of the day, there seemed to be kind of a lot of outside movement towards it. Uh, and then you also had the other side of people saying, there's no shot of this happening. He's going to Louisville. He's going to Alabama. Uh, I really didn't say much throughout the day publicly on where I thought he was going to go. Uh, you know, my sources kind of, I've kind of known about the possibility of Shador for a while now. And it, it's almost kind of obvious to people uh, how it came up. You, you know, for those who don't know, Deion Sanders goes way back with FU head coach Willie Taggart, uh, FAU uh, recruiting coordinator, and outside linebacking coach Raymond Woody and David Kelly, FAU's director of player personnel. You know, Woody's had them on staff forever, and they've just known Dion Woody's, you know, connections in the state of Florida, uh, Florida State. Raymond Woody has a son who played at the Under Armour All-American game. His son's a senior at Florida State now, and that's Deion Sanders' thing in Orlando. You know, he's a big Under Armour guy, so there's all these connections, right? This was... You know, as one person put it towards me, this was a little bit like uh, the this was a little bit like the recruiting family. It's it's just it's just a little different. You know what I mean? When you've known a kid, not someone you picked up on a huddle film a couple of years ago and recruited them. This is someone you've known since, you know, youth football. So there was that element to it. And, you know, I was pretty confident throughout the day. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that kept going, and I used a lot of the national outlets putting in, you know, their crystal balls or future casts, they were kind of doing it from process of elimination. Uh, Shador had told other teams, I guess, from what I understand, that you know, earlier in the day they weren't in the picture, and there was a couple other schools that worried me at the end, which didn't leave me 100% confident. But, you know, uh, I, you know, Eric, you can kind of maybe relate to this, and I just know how I felt. A lot of people were giving their opinions on their confidence level or where they thought they were going to go. But, you know, when you're one of a couple guys that really focus on FAU recruiting, it, it it takes a little bit more for me to put my stamp on it, right? It's it's so much easier for someone else to be like, yeah, he's not coming. Oh, I'm kind of confident. But you know, I was quietly confident all day, but I didn't want to put out anything publicly. I just kind of wanted to let this naturally happen. And, you know, there's kind of a lot riding, you know, just because FAU uh, recruiting is my thing. Look, Shane, really quick, 100% agree. I mean, since I've been covering FIU and, you know, self-admittedly, I don't focus on recruiting heavily in the way that Shane does. That would be a disservice to, to Shane to even say that I focus on recruiting to that level. But and when I've had the chance to break a couple stories – and when it comes to sources, it's either something that I've either gotten directly from someone, you know, affiliated with the family or maybe someone from, you know, within the program. But the closest thing that I can analogize to that probably was Jeremiah Holeman last year, um, just because there were, you know, some ideas that he could go 
it, it just didn't seem, you know, to the maybe the the layperson that he would go to FIU, you know. So I, I can totally relate that when you have that type of high profile athlete, you kind of want to keep it more to yourself because, like you said, it's easier for maybe a, I don't want to say a bigger name person, but for anyone else to come in and say, yeah, he's going to go here. He's going to go there. Right. But when you're one of a few people who covers recruiting and in depth to the level that you do at this program, you kind of want to play a little closer to the vest and, uh, and, you know, be, and once again, you can't ever be a hundred percent sure on these things, but you want to be definitive when you make that uh, announcement really quick, Shane. But uh, one of the things that I want to mention, and I, I want to uh, get your permission, can I go to the next thought or are you good there um, as far as what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I want to mention, what I found really interesting, and Shane and I have talked about this on the pod, excuse me, we've talked about it off air, just the social climate that we're in right now and maybe players might choose to make decisions and what colleges they want to play for. Shane and I have bantered off air about, you know, would players start going to HBCUs and things of that nature. But one of the things that FAU does have, and Willie Taggart is a black head coach, and that's not to say that they have a black head coach. So players are going to start flocking to FAU. I mean that, you know, that, that goes regardless of race, but Shadira Sanders did make a statement in his commitment video about one of the reasons he wanted to go to FAU. I'm going to play that for you now. And I'll let Shane, uh, kind of pick it up on the back end. I'm ready. I'm going to compete to play as a freshman. With everything going on in our country, there's so much important to it. And one of those things is to play for a blackhead coach. Yeah, so hopefully if you guys couldn't make that out, he said, you know, there's, there's so much going on in our country, there's a lot that's important to him, and one of the things was to play for a blackhead coach. Shane, just really quick, because, you know, I got to give you credit here. I actually missed that in the initial announcement. Uh, what was the first thing that crossed your mind? You know, just quick thoughts when you heard that, and I'll kind of give my perspective uh, on the back end. Well, and you, Eric, I think you're a good person to talk to on this and just kind of getting to know. And, you know, obviously I've been in Florida and stuff. You, you've, most people here uh, in college football in the state of Florida know and has followed Willie Taggart's career since his, his days, uh, you know, uh, coming out of um, – Manatee I mean, High School, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You can go back to yeah. nine point one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, being a blackhead uh, quarterback, you know, at Western Kentucky University, and his town like Bowling Green, which I, you know, um, and then you know his travels at USF, being at Florida State and Oregon, and I, I think there's there's definitely meaning in that him being a black quarterback and just talking to the players, especially with stuff was going now. Uh, I understand. Uh, about a month ago that FAU's had a couple really powerful meetings and some things that they're doing. And Willie Taggart talked about in this press conference about, you know, not only just talking about the black lives matter movement, but really getting involved in it. And, you know, anyone that you can question out fans outside of FAU can question Willie Taggart on and off the, or on the football field and stuff, but there's nothing, there's never been a, a single question in Willie Taggart's career about what type of man he is and how he leads his athletes, right? You know, going back to those, and, and I think there's meaning in that. And I think when, you know, you, you're recruiting someone like Shador and someone that has a, and his dad's Deion Sanders and you have a name like that, I think, you know, his probably, and I'm just speculating here, probably discussing what type of impact and changes he wants to make with his players and then within the community while he's at FAU. 
Shane, I'm really glad that you, you know, made that distinction between on and off the field, because one of the things that's really bewildered me, and I don't have a stake in this, you know, I've met Willie Taggart twice uh, in a professional setting, and I've met him once in an informal setting when Willie Taggart was the head coach at USF. Just randomly, he actually got his hair cut at the same barbershop my dad does. So uh, before I was even covering football, I I met him uh, earlier in my college days. But you know, there's never been a question from a professional sense of all the players I've talked to, guys at USF, I mean, countless uh, amount of people around the program here in Tampa who will swear by Willie Taggart in terms of his character and the person he is. And it's always bewildered me in the sense that people, it, it, listen, this isn't Shane saying this, this is me. So you can put this on on, on my re- on my head here. I've absolutely felt that people have been upset at Willie Taggart because he's a black dude who managed to get a job from USF to Oregon and then Oregon to Florida State and got paid each time. When, quite frankly, there are countless, you know, examples of head coaches to be specific. Uh, A really prominent example would be the former head coach at FAU, Lane Kiffin, who has bounced around from job to job. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean there's examples of coaches who don't look like Willie Taggart, who've done similar things. And the level of scrutiny was not the same. Now, and and to be quite frank, you know, Lane's production at Tennessee or USC didn't exactly pan out in the same way it didn't work out for Willie Taggart at Florida State. So if you want to critique him in terms of the Florida State tenure not working out or the one year at Oregon, uh, not working out on the field, that's fine. But to just make it seem as if he's just running around chasing loot, and I always felt that there was a negative connotation, you know, whether it was social media or even some things that were written in terms of does he deserve this, that, and the other, that's that's just ridiculous. And I, I, I do think to, you know, kind of talk about what Shador said, I'm not here to say that a black head coach can relate to a black quarterback in any way. I, I, I think that a head coach can relate to a quarterback regardless of race. But I do think that it's something that you might have to keep an eye on going forward when a Shador Sanders says, hey, you know, given the climate of certain things, you know, I might want to play for someone who I feel has walked in my shoes. And I, and I think that's a fair assessment to make. It's not a matter of one race being able to you know, relate. I, I think coaches can have been relating to players forever. The ones who can relate to players can relate to them. The ones who can't, well, we've seen examples in the, in, in the media, you know, or not in the media, excuse me, we've seen examples in, in the cultural ball landscape over the past few months of what issues that's caused. But, you know, I do think there might be maybe uh, Shador can say, hey, this coach has, has walked in my shoes and maybe can relate to me in a certain um, a certain social aspect that uh, another coach can't. And it'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor into any recruit's decisions. And and it's what's been impressive, what's impressed me the most about Willie Taggart in these first few months, obviously outside of recruiting, if he has 20 commits so far, so many local, we can talk about FA's recruiting class for a full two-hour podcast, but it's hard to be the coach that follows a winning, well-liked coach like Lane Kiffin. He was well-liked by the players. Come in, especially coming off a deal that didn't work out at Florida State, uh, but Willie Taggart has been successful in one way or another at everywhere else he's been, right? A lot of people point out the record, but we always, most people don't want to go look at the condition he took USF or Western Kentucky in. Right. Correct. You know, it restarted programs there. Um, you know, I, I remember those Western Kentucky Sunbelt teams before uh, Willie Taggart took over. I mean, they were they were dumpster fire. And I, and just talking to, you know, just a few of the players I know kind of off the record. 
they you know they bought in they they love tagger and they love you know they they love him early they are pumped they feel like something special is coming and this is you know despite covid and then them not being around so he's kind of really put his fingerprints all fingerprints all over the program in a little time and you know let's and it's definitely it's a lot of momentum uh you know for them to carry once they start together you get together and practicing and start playing football games you know fingers crossed hopefully soon uh so you know you could definitely kind of see you know why Shador or any of FAU's nineteen other commits would be impacted in this way. I also I also want to point out with Shador though, and I think this is um, and this is just a little bit I've heard. You know, obviously you know with Deion Sanders that's a big name, and I think most people feel that uh, uh, your likeness, uh, that players' likeness will be something marketable soon. And I think players are going to start factoring that into their decision. You know, I, I know a lot of people think that that is not great for a lot of the G5 schools, but, you know, I, I really wonder uh, with kind of brand and stuff, how much it factored in that coming, coming FAU, being a star quarterback, getting everyone talking in a city like Boca Raton, which Boca Raton in some ways fits the prime time mentality just uh, until you know some of the flashiness and stuff with uh you know just just drive around boca okay and you'll see why it fits some of that prime time mentality in a place where there's you know there's a lot of opportunity for uh you know uh, well you know money opportunities for players around fau and I, I, this is a little bit of speculation, but I, I do think that some of that stuff could start factoring into it. For forgive me uh, for the FAU contingency here listening. I I laugh because Shane said there's a lot of the primetime mentality on Boca, and once you get past the cars, I don't see any damn I don't see anything similar between oh. Boca. <laughs> but you know, hey, I like Shane spent more time on Boca than I. I, I was have. pretty much speaking on the cars in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. <laughs> but really quick, Shane, um, I want a two-part question here. One, as far as Shador on the field, I do think we should talk about that. We've talked about it from yeah. you know many different angles. Uh, two-part question. One, Shador on the field, what have you seen in terms of you know his his four-star status and maybe his his um you know, maybe readiness to play after Chris Robinson? And the second part of it is we do need to talk about Kiki Leroy and, and someone who we know is a proven conference USA player and what he brings to the return of the program or, or his return to the program, I should say. Uh, okay, so we'll start. Shador has been a production machine in uh, Texas at Trinity Christian School. Plays it does play one of the smaller divisions in Texas. I don't know exactly how their high school football uh, divisions break up there. Florida has eight. Texas, I, I swear, it has eighteen. So <laughs> they have a ton. Uh, yeah, there's like six A Division two. You know, private school division, this, that. I I don't know how good they are. You know, Florida's pretty simple with it. You know, 1A through 8A. Um, And he's won three straight state titles there. He's thrown for uh, well over 8,000 yards. He only has 19 interceptions since starting as a freshman, 123 touchdown passes. Um, You know, but he's built a little different. He's definitely a pocket passer. Uh, And in some ways, he, he's not, you know, this, you think, you think Deion Sanders, you think quickness, not that uh, Shador isn't quick, but he is a long strider. He, he's big. He's not a small kid. He's got legs when he gets out in the open. Uh, you know, he's definitely a 
kind of a physically imposing kid and he can throw the football a country mile. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, you know, that's the one thing that popped out on the tape, you know, and you know, you could tell, obviously he's been extremely well coached and his ability to keep uh, everything down the field. I, you know, keep his eyes down the field, finding open receivers, not just looking to run, you know, he, he could tell he's, he's a little bit, he's pretty polished quarterback from coming out of high school. Um, obviously been heavy on the seven on seven circuit um, out there playing for his dad's team. But, you know, it's, and it will, the way it's lining up now, he'll get here and he will probably sit behind Chris Robinson for a year. And then you will go in to the 2022 season and you'll have a, probably a quarterback competition with Shador Sanders, Willie Taggart Jr. and Javion Posey at FAU and possibly Cortland Littlejohn as well. And then uh, Shane, as, as far as Kiki goes? Huge, huge. I mean, he's the centerpiece of that defense. Just the violence and the, in a good way, he just plays. He's kind of an old school linebacker. It, I think Khalif Bryce is going to be a great linebacker at FAU, but needed a year to play. You know, FAU's always had this thing where it's been Aziz, then he passes it, you know, um, passes it to Rashad. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head who, you know, kind of passed it to, uh, Aziz, FU's always kind of had this one-star linebacker and the next guy, and it's setting up nicely for that in uh, Khalif Bryce. It, it, it makes it, you know, FAU still has a lot to kind of fill out in its front seven, but he's that one piece that kind of creates a domino effect that makes everything a little better, if you understand what I'm saying. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, just to kind of give you my perspective as far as the broader Conference USA aspect of it, I'm someone who firmly believes, you know, I've been in the D'Angelo Malone camp for Defensive Player of the Year, but that's only because I was under the impression that Achilles Leroy would not be back, quite frankly. So the fact that he is apparently back on FAU's roster, I mean, that's huge because now I think you're you're essentially talking a two-man race between he, I mean, you can you, you can throw a couple. Of, I'll, I'll just jump in real quick, Shane. You can throw a couple of other guys in there, Keon White, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you're talking about D'Angelo Malone and Achilles Leroy for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Whoever wins it, the other probably won't be close behind, and fans will be complaining one way or the other. The, the, essentially, you know, if they if each person if each one of those guys plays to what they're capable of, they're essentially going to be one A, one B. Exactly. So exactly. So, so yeah. So like Shane said, I mean, that's a huge pickup. I mean, I just think, and Shane and I debated this a little bit off air yesterday when I wrote my uh, conference USA defensive back preview for underdog dynasty. Shane said that, you know, essentially we, we had FAU ranked no higher than ninth in pretty much every category except for uh, running back and quarterback. And, you know, I, the point I was making to Shane is that, yeah, you know, some of the rankings may not have them that high. But they're still really good at the positions that matter. And getting Achilles Leroy back, I can tell you this much, they would have easily made the top three in terms of my linebacker preview had I known at the time that Kiki would be back. So that is a huge pickup for the Owls. But, uh, Shane, really quick, anything you want to uh, jump in before we wrap this one up? No, man. It's just, uh, you know, hopefully we get to football season here soon. Wear your mask, please. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all are. <laughs> we all are cautiously optimistic. I mean, you know, hey, just to take it from an FIU, FAU perspective, 
FAU gets Kiki back. David uh, Hondell, our other Shula Bowl uh, pod co-host, was just messaging me about wanting to see Jeremiah Holman on the field, preferably before 2021. Uh, I know uh, Shane kind of made a joke that, hey, you know, if we don't get football this year, you could have a lot of guys who are going to say, hey, forget this. I'll start training for the NFL. So we absolutely would like to see some football in 2020. So please wear your mask and do what we need to do. And we can uh, all help yeah. drive the thing down and flatten the curve. Absolutely. But I'm as so always, or, hold go ahead, on, real quick, Eric, go sorry to cut you off. No, no. By you fans, just, just to find out. I don't know if any are listening to this particular episode, but if you want how far, if you want how far each school is away from the beach debates going on in the middle of October, which nobody wants, nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Where you're mad. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I sure as hell don't want that. And I'm not a fan <laughs> of either team. I just, I just cover this league and I sure as hell don't want that. Um, yeah, nobody wants that in October, all right? So, as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Pod. You can find the uh, Five Reasons Sports Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. You can find Shane on Twitter. I recommend if you are interested in anything FAU recruiting, Shane Marinelli. Find him on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. Uh, really quick to the Shador Sanders commitment video. I don't think we violated any copyright infringement. If we did, you can forward those complaints to at Ethan Skolnick. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, and um, please, please leave us reviews. You know, reviews is the only way we can help this thing grow. So you can find the podcast online at shulabullpod.podbean.com.